Just go ahead and get comfortable this morning, be at home. Uh, welcome to Destiny, particularly if it's your first day here, first weekend with us, we're really glad that you're here. If it's just a few times you've been with us, we're really glad that you're back again and please feel at home and, and uh, just let God speak to you and shower you with his love and his grace. If you're joining us online today and you skipped ahead uh, through the service just to get the preaching, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to the communion message. I know it'll bless you. John just shared a powerful word with us uh, about the way God wants to work in our life. And go back and re-watch communion if you've skipped forward to the preach this morning. But if you're joining us online, wherever you are, in Canada, uh, down there in Western Australia, South Australia border, out at Topaz, wherever you are today watching online, we're glad you're joining us. And so, hello world! Destiny sends you our love. And to our family here today, just turn to someone and say, you're looking better every week. Go ahead and tell someone. <laughs> now, now, when I say that, it always astonishes me. The men that get surprised looks or the women that get surprised look is like, uh, it's the first time you've said that in a week. It's like, uh, just, there you go. We're going to continue talking about vision. We started last uh, week uh, talking about vision of our church for this year. And I want to continue on. And you might say, I think I've seen that slide before. And I'd say, yes, you have. Uh, last February, I preached this same message. And next February, I'll preach this same message again. Because we've got to understand that God's got a vision for our life. And vision matters. Just touch your neighbor and say, vision matters. Just touch your other neighbor and say, I don't know what he said. Just touch somebody else and... Just let's get on the page here together, Celine. Let's make sure we're touching somebody. Uh, reach forward, touch someone on the shoulder and say, vision matters. Come ahead, help me. Help me. Vision matters. So last week we looked at a scripture in 1 Peter chapter 4. It says, 1 Peter chapter 4, it says, 1 Peter chapter 4. It says, every one of you, that's me, that's you, every one of us has received a unique ability. Somebody say unique. A unique ability. We are not cookie cutters. We're not made of the same, all of us are the same dough, but we're not all the same shape. We're not all the same size or style. All of us are unique. And praise God for that, right? Praise God for that. If you've got more than one child, you know what I'm talking about in your house, right? Every child is different. They are unique, right? And so it's just really important to understand that God has graced us uniquely and distinctly and differently but he's graciously given us a unique ability and we are called to use this gift of grace that God has given to us intentionally and frequently in the service of others we are to be diligent and wise stewards of God's multi-faceted grace and so from this Scripture, as I shared last week, there are four values, and let's go on to that. The four values that we learn from this Scripture, that our church values participation over passivity or over uh, perfection. You don't need to be perfect to find a place here at destiny. And all the imperfect people said, thank God for that. Now, now I, I just love it when, um, when Luke was on the guitar this morning just singing. Did, did anyone else just get... Just so blessed by that. Just listening to Luca's voice and just hearing his heart as it came through. I was just going, I don't mean to pick on you, Luca, but I was just getting blessed as you led us in worship this morning. I was just going, that's so cool. I can just hear his heart for Christ coming through his song, right? 
We might not all be able to sing like Celine, but all of us have got a unique capacity that God has given to us. We can't play the drums like Rene, right? And I certainly can't work the sound desk like Craig. Goodness me, when jo Jonathan's, uh, Joel's away and we've got to play music videos and stuff on the computer, no, nah, can't happen. Adam, come help. I can't, I can't do it. Jonathan, come and do it. That's not my grace zone, right? But every one of us has got a capacity, but we all value participation. I can do something. I can't do what you do, what God's graced you to do, but I can do what God has graced me to do. And when I try to do somebody else's job, I get frustrated. I find myself comparing myself to them, and that's futile, right? So at our church, we value participation over perfection, we're over passivity. We're not going to sit back and let the better people do it. We're going to, we're going to give it a crack. We're going to have a go. Our value is a can-do attitude. I, I can do this. I love what Pastor Jonathan said this morning. Holy Spirit must be talking to both of us because in my text of encouragement I sent out to scores of pastors this morning, I sent a message that says, you've got this because God's got you in the palm of His hand. Isn't that the truth? That we can handle what life throws at us because we're in God's hand. We're in His care. A can-do attitude. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Some of you are up against some real challenges right now. I just want to breathe some air into your sail today and say, you've got this because He's got you in the palm of His hand. Going to get a witness here this morning. All right. Uh, the third thing, our church values serving others. We're not self-centered, we're not self-focused, and we're not myopic, we're not all about me. Because when it's all about me, the world becomes a very small place. When we live in the service of others like our Master Jesus, our world continues to grow and grow and expand. And that's the heart of God, that I've got a gift and I'm to use it in the service of others. I want to make sure that I help relieve the pressure that's on somebody else's life. I love it when I shake people's hands at the door and I give them a, Murray, I say g'day to people and I smile and I say welcome, welcome. I love that. But when I see someone walk out the door with standing a little taller, shoulders back a little stronger and walking a little smarter, I just go, that's so cool. Destiny did its job today, right? We're here to serve other people, to breathe life and breathe encouragement to each other. That's what it's all about. And third, um, fourth, our church values wise stewardship of the grace that God's given to us. I believe that I'm accountable for what God gave me. And I'm here to tell you very clearly that God is going to hold you to account for what He's given to you. Let's talk more about that in a few minutes. There's a scripture I want to bring to your attention this morning. It's in Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18. And it says that where there is no vision, people live carelessly. Now you're going to hear me read this verse for a whole bunch of translations today because I want you to get what it is that the Hebrew language is actually saying, when we translate the Bible from Old Testament Hebrew and in the New Testament, Greek and Chaldean, we, these three languages, Chaldean is also in the Old Testament as well, we get these three ancient Middle Eastern languages translated into our English language. Our English language sometimes is not as rich as those languages. Their words have got shades of meaning. So we're going to pull this apart this morning. Where there is no vision, people live carelessly, but blessed. Someone say blessed. Someone else say blessed. Just look at your neighbor and say, I want you to be blessed. <laughs> when, when we first came, sweetheart, I was astonished how many people looked at someone and said, I'm not sure I'm supposed to speak in church. 
But you're getting used to it, aren't you? You're getting used to help me preach this message. God wants your, your life, your family, your business, your marriage, your health to be blessed. Blessing's not an evil word. It's a great word. It's a Bible word. It's a Jesus word. Just seize it and go, that's mine today. Blessed is the one who heeds the instruction of wisdom. So if you don't heed the instruction of wisdom, guess what? You don't get blessed. When you do dumb things, you get dumb results. Am I right? Every, every father, every husband, give me a shout out here today. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Very true. All right. But listen to what the Scripture says. We're going to break it down. Here, listen to it again. Next slide says, where there is no vision, where there is no vision, people perish. That word perish literally means to wear out. They just get worn out when there's no vision. You know, the, the word devil in the original language means to wear out like sandpaper rubbing across a piece of wood till finally it's paper thin and then it breaks. That's one of the strategies of the devil that he wears people out. Do you know people like that? Once full of courage, once full of life, once full of vision, once full of faith, once full of Holy Spirit, but just life's wearing. Without a vision, people perish. Without a vision, people run amok. They run around. Like the little kid on Home Alone, waving his arms crazily above his head, shouting and screaming, running from room to room. That's what happens when people don't have a vision. They live in a lifestyle like that. Then they cast off restraint instead of there being boundaries and borders and, and wisdom barricades that go, I can go that far, but I, I can't go beyond that. I, I can do that, but to go beyond that, that border, that, that barricade, that wisdom line, where there's two white lines and you see an idiot overtake you, what do you think? What do you think? George, what do you think? You think to yourself, how did that guy ever get a license, right? Now, ladies wouldn't do that. Ladies don't, do, ladies don't drive like that. It's usually guys going to get a witness. I thought every woman would say, that's true, Pastor. That's very true. But as I've driven on the road, Wayne, I'm astonished to see how many people know better than the law. Special license for idiots, we call it. Yeah. Overtake on blind corners overtake on double lines. And you know what? Those lines are there for a reason. Because people who know better than you say it's unsafe. Don't go there. So tragically in Australia, year by year by year, we have international guests come to our nation. They get off the plane. They go straight to the beach. Never swum in the surf before. Never swam in Australian surf before. And tragically, year after year after year, we lose people because they don't know that where safety is, is between the flags. Between the flags. Can you swim outside the flags? Yes, you can. And all of us have done it. But that's where safety is and that's where we should stay wherever possible. Safety. Cast off restraint. Where there's no vision, people. So you know what? Your life is not just about you. Someone needs to write that down. My life isn't about me because when I live without vision, you know what? Other people are affected. When I take my money that I've earned from my work and my labor and spend that carelessly or recklessly or fraudulently or wastefully, guess what? We've got kids going to bed hungry. We've got kids turning up at school with no food. We've got 
people who are impoverished. Why? Because one of either party who's in charge of the household is not stewarding well the resources that God's given to them. Other people are affected by our lack of vision and praise God, they are affected positively when we have an appropriate vision for our life. Someone needs to write that down. That's a word from the Holy Spirit for you. Without a vision, people dwell carelessly. Just, I don't care. I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter. What does my life count? What does my life matter? The devil wants you to think that way. But when you hear God's voice sending you on assignment into your workplace, on assignment into your family, on assignment into your circle of friends, on assignment into your generation, on assignment into the nations of the world, and you live with vision, you don't dwell carelessly. You don't dwell frivolously. You live circumspectly. You live like your life matters because it does. When you live with a vision, without a vision rather, people give up. You just go, too hard. I'm here today to preach to a few people who felt like their vision was too hard. I'm going to preach in a minute, but just can I stay calm for now, Eleanor? Would that be all right if I just stayed calm for a minute? And I'll start preaching Hazel in just a moment, okay? Because I'm going to come back and talk about that. But finally, when you don't have a vision, you live a wild lifestyle, like just do whatever the freckle I want, right? But the Bible says when the person who's got the law of God written in their heart and they live by that culture and they live by that code, there's joy, there's happiness, and there's blessing. There's blessing. You know, one translation, the Amplified translation, I think it is, Joel, I think it says, I think it says that without a progressive revelation, without a progressive revelation, without an unfolding vision, some of us have got enough word from God to get us to point A, and then that's where we stop. And that's then when we stop. Just, well, that's all I've heard. Instead of going, okay, God, I'm at A. I'm waiting. Where next? I'm standing on my mark and I'm ready. Where next? You know what? You might, Sharon and I spent five years living at Hull Heads going, God, this can't be the end. This, this can't be it. I mean, we've built a lovely home. I feed the cassowaries and everything. It's very special. And the ocean is there and the reef and the islands and all of it's beautiful. But this, there's got to be more. And the vision was burning a hole in my heart. And it pushed me to prayer. Because when you've got a vision, you don't live a careless life. You live a life going, I can't see, but I'm looking. I can't see where, but I'm, I'm looking, God. Just open our eyes and see what God wants to do in our life. There are people here today, right now, as I'm preaching, I can hear your spirit talking to me. You're going, I'm glad I came to church today. This, this guy, I don't know who he is, but he's got something, he's saying it to me today. Right now, your spirit is alive to God and God is talking with you. Katie, God is talking with you today. Listen to what the next scripture says. I'm not, it's not the next scripture, it's the next slide. I'm going to talk about the five things that vision brings and, and builds into our our, our lifestyle and our fabric of our daily living. Number one is passion. Number two is motivation. Number three is direction. Number four is purpose. Number five is focus and clarity. Let's unpack these five things together today. Is that all right? Here we go. Let's go number one, passion. I, I just think that uh, life's way too short. Point number one, passion. The life is way too short to live a boring life. Way too short to live a boring life. Number one, Passion, the clearer the vision, the stronger the passion. The clearer the vision, write it down, the clearer the vision, stronger the passion. If you're not passionate about life, go home, sell everything you've got, buy stocks with one company, and I promise you, you'll get passionate about that one company. 
Promise you will. Because you'll have all your eggs in the one basket, right? Don't do that. That's foolish. But live life with passion because you've got a vision for what God is wanting to do in and through your life. If you've got no passion, if you feel like life is boring, I promise you, it's because you haven't got a clear vision about what God wants to do in and through your life. Number one, please write it down, passion. Because if you have passion and the vision is clear, and then you will have a stronger degree of energy released in your life because of what you can see and what you're moving towards. When you've got a vision, you've got a message. Husbands, when you've got a vision about your family, about your marriage, guess what? You've got a message. Mums, when you've got a vision about your marriage and about your family, guess what? You've got a message. Business people, when you've got a vision about what your business can be and you communicate that to the community, you've got a message. But until you've got a vision, you don't have a voice. You've got to see what needs to happen in your life, what God wants to bring forth through your life. Write it down, make it plain. We'll talk about that next week by God's grace. But you've got to have passion in your life. I just find it so tragic and so sad that husbands and wives live together without passion. We've just got a marital contract where I turn up and I do this and you do that and that's what we do. That's not God's plan. I said, I said, that's not God's plan. That's not God's heart. Maybe the fire of your romance has gone out in your marriage. But I want to tell you, when you get a clear vision about what God wants for your home, what God wants for your marriage, what God wants for your life, passion can be the result. You see the word romance? There's a man in there somewhere. Patrick, I think I'm talking to you. There's a, if you look at the word romance, Daniel, there's a man in there somewhere. It's not sweetheart's job to keep the fire burning bright at home. I'm not talking about relationships today. I'm talking about vision. But vision builds passion into your life. It's powerful. Kev, it's powerful. Getting a vision keeps the fire hot at home. Can any happy marriages here shout me an amen? amen? Number two, number two, number two is motivation. The mundane begins to matter. Who knows that sometimes just getting through life is putting one foot after the other and it's just monotonous. Some people say monogamy is monotonous. It's better than other option, I'll tell you that. Just love one man, love one woman for the rest of your life. If you can master that, you've succeeded. That's the biblical wisdom for us here today and right now. Motivation is brought about with vision. Because when you've got a vision, you literally harness the energy of life. And everything that's within you wants to move you toward achieving that goal. Write down the vision about your marriage, about your business, about your finance, about your health. Write it down and move towards it and you'll harness energy and motivation. The mundane things in life begin to add up and matter. Why have breakfast? Well, I could sleep in another five minutes if I didn't have breakfast. Yeah, but grandma taught you that which is the most important meal of the day? Breakfast, why? Because you've got to put something in if you want to have brain food to get something out in the rest of the day. Oh, it's very true. Ruth approves of this message. There we go. 
Motivation is number two. These are the five things that vision builds into your life. The mundane things begin to matter. I did that yesterday. Yep, guess what? You brushed your teeth yesterday as well. Every day I tell Sharon I love her and that she's the most incredible woman on the planet. And every day it comes true. And every day it comes true. The mundane things, day in, day out, day in, day out. You know one of the greatest joys that Sharon and I have? We make the bed together in the morning. Guys, can I tell you something? Ladies, just, just, just zone out for a minute. Jump on Facebook or something. But you know, as we make that bed together in the morning, in my heart I'm going, man, I'm so glad I slept next to that lady last night. I'm saying thank you, God. And I'm pulling that mattress, that bed, that sheet up and I'm tucking the things under the pillow. I'm getting really intimate here this morning. Is that all right? Edwin, is that okay if I just open up my heart today? Yeah. And I'm pulling up that sheet and I'm smiling to myself. I'm thinking to myself and I'm praying little prayers in my heart. I'm going, Lord, I'm so glad I get to lie next to that gorgeous lady again tonight. Do you reckon the mundane things begin to matter when you've got vision? Because I want a 10 out of 10 marriage. I want an Olympic quality marriage. I want, to, I want to please her more than I please myself. Whenever two people have got that attitude, you've got Eden right there. When only one person's got that, you've got purgatory. But when you got Eden, I want to please you more than I please myself. When both people live like that, there is no end to blessing. Can I get a witness here today? I came to hear the preach, but he's talking about marriage. Number three, direction. Direction. Direction is so important because, you know, if a plane leaves Los Angeles heading for Sydney, but it's off in its calibration, Gordon, by just 1%. If it's, if it's GPS, if it's, if it's um, compass is just out by 1%, you know where it's going to land? It's going to land in Hobart. And Hobart is not Sydney. Hobart is not Brisbane. Where you set your direction in life is really, really important. Keep true north, north. Keep your heart fixed on Jesus Christ, that you are His disciple, that you're following Him all the way from now into glory. My vision determines the path that I take, the choices that I make, the decision, how I spend my time, how I spend my finance, the friendships that I associate with. Why? Because every action will bring me closer to my goal or take me away from my destination. Vision clarifies direction, helps determine the choices that we make. Number three is direction. Number four is purpose. You know that everyone ends up in life somewhere. Everybody ends up in life somewhere. Those that end up where they were intending to go are the people who've lived their life through the power of vision. Number four, vision brings purpose to our life. Purpose, meaning. It gives us a reason to get up and get going in the morning. I'm lying in bed one morning and Sharon says, you should get out of bed and go to church. And I said, Give me two reasons why I should get out of this nice bed and go to church. He said, number one, you're over 40. And number two, you're the pastor. And so I went. If you're filling up bags with sand, it's not very exciting. But when you know that you're saving a town from a flood, you find a purpose to do the things that don't seem to matter. David, I'm just standing at the door. I'm just welcoming people. What you're doing at the door of our church is opening the altar call. What the preacher does is close the altar call. So don't tell me little things don't matter. 
Ruth turns up this morning. She goes, well, the water urn is full. Uh, there's tea and there's coffee out there, but who needs milk anyway? The little things matter. The little things matter. And just doing the small things well and right is what will take you from being ordinary and transport you into a whole new world called the extraordinary. You know what extraordinary is? It's just a little bit extra. Does anybody else here like Formula One racing? Two. All right, Daniel and Jess, I'm preaching to you. Wayne, I can't see you. Rene, my man. All right. What's the difference between first and second place, Rene? The time difference. It's like in tenths of seconds, right? Am I, Wayne, am I preaching this true? It's like between first and... What's the between winner and second place? In some, in some fields, it's just the minutest margin. And if we let our heart go, God, just the smallest area of my life where I could grow and I could become more like Jesus. When I've got a purpose in my life, I've got a reason to get up and keep going every single day. If you've ever battled the black dog of depression, you know that you've got to find a reason to get up and get going. Because all you want to do is pull the blankets up and eat wheat bix and custard. But that's why <laughs> some, some of us are not depressed and still eating wheat bix and custard. We're going to believe for God for more. Is that okay? There's this new invention that's called steak and eggs and bacon and chips. And cheese. Oh, everyone loves Jesus. That was <laughs> Joel, you've put me off my preaching. And if you're not careful, you have to come up here and close this message. Number five, number five, number five. I got my man working with me at the back there doing a brilliant job. Number five. Someone say number five. He's almost finished. Focus and clarity. Focus and clarity is what vision brings to our life. When opportunities come to us, vision helps us decide really quickly yes or no. Yes or no. <clears throat> I could afford to buy that, but that's not going to take me in the direction that I want to go. I could afford to go on that holiday but it's not going to take me in the direction I want to go. I could go out to that particular place after work, but it's not going to take me in the direction that I want to go. I could stay in front of the telly tonight, or I could turn up to Life Group and get myself connected into what God is doing in the church and for my life. I could. Focus and clarity, vision simplifies decision-making. What lines up with the vision gets the green light. Yep, we're doing that. If it's not in line with the vision, I'm sorry. No, it doesn't. All right, there's another scripture I want to bring to your attention, and then we'll close. One more slide. Next slide. The Son of Man will come. Someone say amen. Do you still believe that? Do you still believe that Jesus is coming? There's all sorts of people hung up at the moment all over the world going, I know the date that Jesus is coming. Good on you. I don't know. Jesus doesn't know. So if you're better than Jesus, Jesus doesn't know when he's coming. He's waiting for the Father to give him the nod. But when he does come, this is what's going to happen. He's going to come in the glory and the majesty of God. That ought to make you tremble. That ought to make you quiver. That ought to make you live with the right kind of 
attitude of heart that says the glory of God is coming and I want to be ready for it. And he's going to come not on his own, but with his angels. You know, those angels are powerful, powerful heavenly beings. One angel in the Old Testament killed almost 200,000 soldiers one night. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus could have called an angel to take care of the problem. Just one would have done. Just one. Right? What Rome? Right? Well, when God comes with his son, when, when Jesus comes, when God's son Jesus comes with his angels, look what it says here. And I want to trouble you with this verse. Is that okay? I want to trouble you with this verse. Look, it says, it says that he will reward. Someone say reward. For their beliefs. For their intentions. Talk to me. Talk to me. No, no. You see, according to what we've done, our works, how we actually behave, what we did with our lives, how we spent what it was that God gave to us. The most valuable thing you've got is not the wealth you have in the bank. That's not the most valuable thing you've got. Without vision, we end up wasting our gifts, our time, our talents, and our treasures because we didn't use what God gave to us with wisdom and with gratitude. I believe with all of my heart that God has given to us these things graciously. And for these things, we are accountable. I'm accountable for how I treat His Son and how I spend the life that he gave me. Do you realize that's exactly what you are doing? You are spending your life. Are you happy with what you are receiving in exchange for the spending of the currency of your time? If not, today's a good day to recalibrate and realign yourself with God's purpose and vision for your life. Listen to it again one more time from Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it says that where there is no vision, where there is no vision, people live carelessly. But blessed, blessed is the person who understands the instruction that wisdom brings. God's got wisdom for every single dimension of your life, every dimension, whether it's your health, your friendship, your business, your marriage, your family, your child raising caring for aged parents. It doesn't matter what field of life that you've got going on. God's got vision and he's got wisdom for you. We're going to conclude our service. And as we are becoming accustomed, I'm just going to invite you to bow your head for a moment. Put your purse under your arm so you're not worried about someone stealing it. But just begin to focus on what it is that Holy Spirit is saying to you today. What is Holy Spirit saying to you today? Because I have asked him to speak to every single person here and all those that watch this broadcast, that God himself would begin to speak to you and reveal to you about the coming seasons of your life. Because God's got vision. He's got fresh vision for you. He's got fresh insight for you. And where the vision has become clouded, God wants to take away that confusion. God wants to remove those things that have crowded in and just bring the seed that He planted in your heart 
and in your life to fruition, to fulfillment, and to fruitfulness. Father, I'm praying today for those that have not yet made that allegiance in their heart to you and your purpose and your kingdom. I am praying, Father, for an absolute avalanche of souls to be saved here in and through the life of our church at Destiny. So, Father, as people today have come and are hearing this message, I pray grace and wisdom to hear the words of Jesus follow me and to surrender wholeheartedly to Christ, to say yes to Jesus, to follow Him, to recognize their incredible need of a Savior, that, that we are all eternally jeopardized and we need the grace of God to come into our life. I thank you that you freely offer to us all the blessings and benefits that come if we will shift the Lordship from ourself to you. Every wisdom you have for us, every grace and every anointing, every benefit and every blessing only comes to us because we recognize our tremendous need for the Savior and we receive Jesus as Lord of all. Father, I'm praying grace to receive salvation. I'm praying grace to proclaim salvation. Father, give us a vision of a city changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Give us a vision for something bigger than just ourselves and our own immediate environment. Help us to see beyond what is here and what is now. And Father, let great grace be our portion in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. We're going to release you in just a moment and close this service. But Joel, I want you to know that this house loves you. You know that Jesus said to Peter, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat, but I've prayed that you'd be strengthened. And when you are strengthened, you'd strengthen your brothers. That's our prayer as a church over you, that you'd be strengthened. That even as you've been through this adversity, as you've been through this trauma and this trial and this difficulty, our prayer over you as leaders of this house and as a church family, that God would strengthen you through what you've been through, that the weapon that was formed against you did not prosper, but that God has got a purpose in and through the pain, in and through the difficulty of what you've gone through. Be of good courage because God's working in this for your good and through you for the good of others. In Jesus' name, amen. Evangelia, as you walked through the door this morning, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and I'm going, God, I want to hear. I want to hear. I want to hear. And as I was worshiping, I'm going, God, what's the word? What's the word? And it sounds unusual, but this, this is what I saw. You know the story of Esther, right, in the, in the Bible, the Old Testament. And she goes before the king and the king holds out his scepter of acceptance. And it's a designation of authority and acceptance. And you are welcome and you have a right to stand and be heard. That's what the image that I saw that the king was extending to you, the scepter. It's more than you're not going to die. It's, it's much more than that. It's you've got a right to be here and your voice is to be heard. That's the image that I had as I was just in worship and praying going. As you walked up, Holy Spirit saying, I'm talking to her. I'm talking, I'm, okay, God, if you're talking, I want to hear what you've got to say. That's the encouragement that I want to bring to you this morning. Who wants to have one more song? Who wants to have a coffee? Coffee wins. Go in peace. God bless you. Have a fantastic day.
Go in God's love. Be blessed. You're an amazing church.